Hey church, so glad you're here with us today. It's gonna to be a great service as we're about to hear from Pastor Matt Mosler from our Pine Bluff campus about learning to receive. I think some people are so good at giving and so good at helping, but it's also biblical to receive. And so he's gonna teach us about this from a biblical standpoint. And uh, do me a favor actually, in the chat right now, go ahead and type down something that someone did for you one time that meant a lot to you. Uh, a time where you received something really generous. Maybe somebody paid for your gas or, or paid for for your meal, or maybe it was a lot deeper than that. So go ahead and let us know what that is. I think it's always fun to celebrate when we received something, and Matt's going to talk to us about that. But before we get into service, we're going to want to take notes. We're going to want to lean in. We're also going to worship first. So let me pray over service and ask that God would be present during this time. Oh, Father, we pray that you would be here with us, oh God. Um, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody who is feeling helpless or hopeless, that Lord, they would remember that you are a firm foundation. And that, God, when we recenter our focus on you, God, you lift up our arms. God, you give us strength from the inside out. Lord, you are the horn of our salvation. So, God, we dedicate this time to you. We ask you to be present. Speak through Matt, O oh Father, and be with us in worship. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
everybody. Matt Mosler, who pastors in Pine Bluff. Yeah, he used to be a weatherman. And a lot of times you don't think, wow, I just want to hear a weatherman preach. But man, once you know Matt, you know you want to hear a weatherman preach because he's no weatherman, not now. He is leading that city and he can really teach the word. I'm proud to know him. So would you welcome this great leader, Matt Mosler. Hey everyone, great to be with you guys today. My name is Matt Mosler. I'm the pastor of your Pine Bluff campus, and I got something really cool I want to share with you guys today. It's kind of a flip the script kind of thing, you know, where God gives you a fresh take at an old story, shows you something you've never seen before. Has that ever happened to you? You know, it happened to me recently when I was reading through Matthew chapter 14 and the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I know you've heard this story before, but flip over there anyway real quickly. I, again, I know you know this story, Jesus feeding 5,000 people. And those of you who grew up in church, you probably had it on flannel graph, right? Jesus in that white robe with the blue sash, you know, handing out the bread. Raise your hand if you, you remember that. Yeah. You could probably even recite this story from memory right now. But here's the thing. If this story of, of giving, of sharing, of trusting, of faith, if it just remains a childhood memory, you know, something we read, something we've learned, something to tell our grandkids, it's just going to remain knowledge, information, background, but it won't really impact your life until it becomes experience, until you, until you put what you learn into practice. I mean, for example, I know you have all sorts of head knowledge about how to ride a bicycle, right? I mean, you know how to ride a bike. I mean, but until you actually get on the bike and start pedaling, you never realize just how much fun it is, you know, going fast with the wind blowing through your hair metaphorically, you know, but you know the problem, right? Have, do you remember learning to ride that bike? You know, sometimes you fall. Sometimes you skin your knee. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you have to make a few mistakes before things start rolling. And for many of us, just the thought of making a mistake, of, of taking the wrong step is, is enough to keep us stuck right where we are sitting in our chairs, learning all sorts of stuff, enjoying the music, but never stepping out to serve or to give or to lead. And we may not ever realize the abundant life we're cheating ourselves out of. Now, I'll be honest with you. I, I think New Life is a, is a pretty good serving church, don't you? I mean, for, in Pine Bluff, for example, this year alone, I mean, we've cleaned up streets, we've fed school teachers, we've helped repair houses. We've delivered well over 3,000 boxes of food and milk to families in need. And that's just to mention a few things. I, I love being known as a serving church, as a giving church. And that's what the story in Matthew 14 is all about, right? I mean, it's about giving. It's about sharing. It's about feeding. It's about trusting. It's about faith. At least that's what I always thought it was about. That was before God flipped the script on me just a little bit, showed me something new, which is why I just love reading this word. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living. It is active. It is, hang on, need my glasses. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The words of this book, y'all, are alive. And once they get inside of you, they can, they can convict you, they can encourage you, they can comfort you or strengthen you. And, you know, I've heard people say that you know, the Word of God never changes. It is steadfast. It is eternal. 
And I, and I know what they're mean, and, and they, they're absolutely right. But I also see that it's a little bit more than that. I mean, yeah, the truth never changes. That's for certain. But I do, you know? I mean, I, I go through all sorts of ups and downs and twists and turns and lefts and rights. And this book somehow, it's just able to adapt to whatever I'm going through, whenever I'm going through it. It just knows what I need, when I need it, no matter where I am. I mean, one day I could read a verse and it says one thing. And then a week later, I read the exact same verse and I get something totally different out of it. I mean, it's amazing how this word is able to adapt to speak to me according to the need of the moment. And, and today, we've got such a case. Okay, Matthew chapter 14. Let's take a look at the story right now. It's the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Begins in verse 15. All right, glasses. Here's what it says. He says, now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and he said, hey, Jesus, this place is secluded. The hour is already past. You know, it's late. Send the crowds away so they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to him, said to them, they don't need to go away. You feed them. I mean, that's good stuff right there, man. Jesus is saying, you feed them. I mean, that's why we're here, right? We're, we're here to help people, to be the hands, to be the feet, to be the salt and the light, to bring flavor and healing and preservation and light and heat and warmth to all of those around us who desperately need a personal touch from the Lord. Feed them. That's what Jesus wants us to do. And that's what he did for this crowd through the hands and the feet of the disciples. Look at verse 19. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up toward heaven and he blessed the food and breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and everybody ate and were satisfied. Man, that's good stuff right there. Now, before I get to the flip the script part, okay, let me point out a few things here. Did, did you notice that before Jesus met the needs of those people in the crowd, he commanded them, he ordered them to sit down? You know, the book of Mark adds this in chapter 6, verse 39. It says, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass, and they sat down in groups of hundreds and in groups of fifties. They sat down. Now, do you know why your elementary school teacher made you sit down crisscross applesauce? Because it calms you down. Because when you're sitting crisscross applesauce, you're not anxious. You can't frantically jump around when you're sitting on your keister. It's easier for you to focus on your teacher when you are patiently and attentively sitting down. And listen to me, when you have a need, when you're hungry, when you're frustrated, when you're sad, when you're lost, take a seat. Take a deep breath. And like Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious, don't worry about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Tell God the need and then trust him to meet it. And look how he chooses to meet that need. Let's flip back to Matthew chapter 14. Look, this is what Jesus did. He took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up toward heaven and he blessed the food. Now, let me ask you something. Where did he get the food? He didn't bring it with him, right? Well, John 6, 9 tells us that Peter found a small boy who had with him five barley loaves and two small fish. And that boy shared all that he had with Jesus. 
Now listen to me. God, folks, God doesn't give us the stuff we have to keep. He gives it to us so that we can give it away, which doesn't make any sense. Because if I give away my stuff, I'm not going to have any more stuff to give away. But notice what happens here when you give God's just going to give back to you more than you gave away. And after this whole escapade is over, there's going to be more than 12 baskets full left over when before there were none. All right? But I also want you to notice something else. What God does with the gifts we return to him. The Bible says he blessed this gift. He blessed the bread and the fish, and then he gave it to the disciples. The disciples gave it to the crowds. Now, I want you to notice this. You can write this down. Here's what happened. A need is recognized. A giver responds. That gift is blessed and the need is met. A need is recognized. A giver responds. The gift is blessed. The need is met. Can you see the body at work here? That's a circle of blessing, baby. I mean, it's the body in motion. And that body, as Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.16, is fitted and held together by that which every joint Every joint, every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. We all play a role in this. We all play a role in what God is doing on this earth. And when we all use our gifts, great and small, wherever and whenever God commands, look at the results in the crowd. The Bible says, and they all ate and were satisfied. The crowd, the disciples, the boy, as we say in Palm Love, everybody was satisfied. Because a need is recognized, a giver responds, the gift is blessed, and the need is met. And look at that word satisfied for a minute. Isn't that what we all want? Don't you want to be satisfied, happy, full, warm, especially when we're in need, especially when our heart is broken or the fridge is empty or our hope is gone. And folks, there is a world in need out there, regardless of how they got there. And we, the church, the hands and the feet of the body of Christ, we are sent here to meet those needs. Can everybody say amen? All right, now here is where God flipped the script on me. So hang on. Because in this story... I have always focused on the disciples, and, and I think rightly so. I, I still think that's the emphasis of the story. I, I, I still think this is a call to action for believers to stop hoarding the bread and the fish that God has blessed us with and use it to bless others. But what are we supposed to do when we are the crowd? See, when I reread this story the other day, I couldn't focus on the disciples because I couldn't take my eyes off the crowd. The ones who were hungry, the ones who needed help, the ones upon whom we disciples are supposed to cast our light and shake our salt, them, those people, that crowd. Have you, have you ever noticed the crowd in this story? I mean, they're so easy to overlook, aren't they? But can we be real here? Sometimes we are that crowd. And I know, I know that might hurt your pride just a little bit. You may not want to admit this to anybody else, but sometimes we don't want to let anybody know that we're the ones who are hungry, that we are the ones who are stuck, that I'm the one who needs help. Because 
I'm always the helper, right? I'm the one who wants to serve and to help and to minister. I mean, that's great. But what do we do when it's our marriage that's on the rocks? When our children are the ones in trouble? When our job is the one that was lost? What do we do when we are the crowd? I'll be honest with you, man. This was a tough one for me because I prefer to be the giver, not the receiver. I like to be the helper, not the one in need of help. I don't handle that role very graciously. So when offered help, when people say they want to help me, you know what I do? I usually turn it down. I'm good. I don't tell anybody of my need. I keep my chin up. I pull my bootstraps up. I keep a stiff upper lip and I tend to get really really religious. How about you? Now listen, because I'm a helper, I tend to hang around a lot of other helpers. People who like to give. I like to be around these people. People who like to serve. But I have noticed that I'm not the only one uncomfortable on the other end of need. Now listen to me, givers. That's just pride in different clothing. Okay? And as the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 5, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, let's sit there for a minute. In light of everything we've just read, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, when I'm too proud to ask for help, I rob myself of God's grace. Look at that. God God wants to meet my need. He wants to give me grace. But if I am too proud to ask for help, to let the need be known, I'm only robbing myself of the grace of the blessing that God wants to give me. But not only that, not only do I rob myself, here's the bad thing. I stand opposed to God's will. I'm interrupting this divine flow. And that's a pretty dangerous place to be, to be opposed to God. And look, I... Folks, I've really had to pray about this, okay? I mean, God has really had to teach me how to get a little bit more comfortable with receiving, with His grace. I've had to learn that that if I don't receive well, if I turn down help, if I decline the offer from someone else to be served, not only am I robbing myself, not only am I standing opposed to God's will, but I rob someone else of their blessing. The need is identified, a giver responds, the giving is blessed, the need is met. And if I don't accept someone's help, I'm robbing someone of their blessing. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, that if I give, it's gonna be given back to me. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, for by your standard of measure, it's gonna be measured to you in return. Now, again, even in that verse right there, I have always focused on the giver and the rewards that come from being generous. But what if I don't have the opportunity to give? What if the receiver refuses the gift? I mean, if I can't give it away, I can't receive a return, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, that is not why I give but it should be how I receive. 
I should receive with grace and humility and gratitude, not just to the giver, but also to God, knowing that I am playing a role in this divine process. I'm being used. God might be using me to help someone else receive a reward. I mean, think about it. What if the crowd in Matthew 14 had refused the food that God provided? I mean, would the disciples who are also hangry have been robbed of their 12 basketful? Let me ask you something. How many people have you robbed because of your pride? I mean, you may have never thought about it that way. But maybe we should. I mean, something to think about and pray about and something I know I need to do better. Because... Again, folks, listen, we're not always going to be on top of the mountain. I mean, sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. That's just life. So the next time you're the bug, let me share with you a few tips on how to receive help. Number one, ask for it. Ask for help. Don't be too proud to let the need be known. Jesus said beginning in Matthew chapter, at the beginning of Matthew chapter seven, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And then verse 11, if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And how does God meet that need? Through us, through his hands and feet, through you and me. If we know of the need. Right? So ask for it. But number two, this is the tough part for some of us, trust me. Allow other people to help you. Don't be too proud to accept the charity of others. I mean, listen to me. Needing help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Right? Think, Think about Moses. Okay? After Moses, God had Moses deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. Not too long after that, they faced their very first big military battle. And Moses was told that as, as long as he held up the staff of God, that the armies of Israel would be victorious. But y'all, Moses was an old man, and that staff was heavy. It was too heavy for one old guy. So you know what happened? Along came Aaron, and along came Hur. And these two brothers not only provided a rock for this old man to sit on, They came alongside of him and held his arms up until the battle was over. What if Moses had said, no thanks, boys, I'm good. I got this. I can do it. I can keep this staff up. Imagine the lives that would have been lost. Allow other people to help you. And number three, say thank you. Okay? Don't make excuses. Don't... Don't say, yeah, I could have done. No, just say thank you. Have an attitude of gratitude. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you for helping me. And then the last thing I want to share with you before we close, number four, pass it on. All right, when you receive help, look for opportunities then to pay it forward, to give to others. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Don't listen. Don't pay the person back that helped you. I mean, that so many we kind of cheat them out of that. You know, when help somebody else. Look for opportunities to give to somebody else. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, "The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered." Now I know there may be a few of you out there 
who were saying, Pastor, look, I mean, this sounds great, right? But it sounds kind of counterproductive, too. I mean, look around you, bro. We don't need more people receiving. We need more people giving. We need more people serving. We need more people helping. You're preaching to the choir. I get it. I understand it. And you're right. This is true. But I want you to look at it another way. Maybe one of the best ways that we can get more people serving and more people helping and more people giving is for us to get better at receiving. So we provide more opportunities for those people to help. They can't help if they don't know the need. If you don't ask for help, we need to provide more opportunities for other people to join in the party. We need to be more graceful, we need to be more humble, and we need to be more transparent. And then just stand back, y'all, and watch the Holy Spirit do His thing. Amen? All right, y'all bow your heads real quick. I'm going to pray for you. I want to ask you a question as we pray. Right there, I don't know where you're watching this or listening to this, or right there where you are, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a need? Is there something going on in your life that you haven't told anybody about? Do you have a need? Just raise your hand right where you are. Father, in Jesus' name, use your people to meet that need. Give us the courage to let the need be known. And then, Father, I'm praying for a, just a large amount of people to step forward to try to meet that need. Number second question I want to ask you, though, do you see other people in need? Do you see another need out there? Do you know somebody else in need? Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to stir within our hearts to give us the courage to step up, to overcome our fear, and to step in to help somebody else. But finally, folks, listen, one of the, maybe one of the greatest needs we have is, is to find the peace and the joy and the purpose that's been eluding us our whole lives because we're too proud to share with you, Lord, our need that we need you. And if you've never invited Jesus into your heart to be your savior, I want you to pray with me right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Every hour I need you. I need you right now, Lord, because I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on that cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my heart right now. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Fill me with your life and your love and your purpose and your joy. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. All right, wherever you are right now, wasn't that good? Wherever you are right now, y'all just stand to your feet and let's worship. Thank you.
Amen. Well, hey, look, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, or maybe you have more questions about how to just simply get connected, or what are my next steps here as a member of this church? It's really simple. All you got to do is get out your phone and text the word CONNECT to 88000. We would love to be able to reach out to you and let you know how to do that and be alongside your journey as well. You know, one thing about uh, being involved with the online campus and the digital campus is that even if you're watching behind a screen, you're just as important as somebody who's coming in the church. And I know that we have so many people who watch online who are totally bought into the vision here and who give faithfully with their generosity and offering week after week after week. And so I just want to say thank you for that. There's a few ways to give here at the church and, and there's some, some ways to do that right here on the screen. So go ahead and, uh, and continue to give. Again, thank you for that. And because you give as well, uh, we're also able to do a few things every summer. And one of those things is Collide Conference. It's our student conference for grades 6 through 12 that we host at the Conway location every year. The theme of conference this year is above all. And, and I don't have to tell you that in 2020, we know that the enemy took a lot of things away from us. And so the theme with Jesus being above all is that we're about to put him right back where he belongs. 
above everything, above our lives, above our worry, above our anxiety. And I just know that a lot of kids are going to come out stronger than ever as we go into the next school year. So sign up at nlccollide.tv. Prices go up in just a week, so you don't want to miss out on that. Well, hey, as we close down service, uh, we always end this way. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you uh, as an individual or over you as your family. And so if you're with your family, gather up, put your arms around them. I'm going to pray a prayer um, from Psalm chapter 18 over you. So let's pray right now. Dear God, we love you so much, oh Father, and I'm so thankful that you alone are our strength. God, we know that you are a rock, our foundation, our security. Lord, it's totally found in you, oh Father. God, I'm so thankful for what it says in this chapter that you are our deliverer, that God, you keep us safe, that Lord, you keep us away from harm, that God, you keep us away from sickness. So God, I know that when we are well-rooted in you, God, we get to reap the benefits of these things. So God, I pray that this week we would go on striving to be more like your son, Jesus. We love you so much and we ask all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, church, have a great week and we'll see you back here next time.